All right, college basketball fans, we got another edition of Mad About Hoops here. Our friend Evil Bald Colin is still out. He will be back for March Madness. He is fine. Everything's good. It's just a little little uh, paid leave is what he's got going on. A little medical paid leave is just a simple procedure for a, a very tough individual, and he's fine. He, he really, as we said last week, he just had sores over his entire body. He took his shirt and his pants off, and it was just one open sore. <laughs> so the doctor said, we got to fix that. we got to get that taken care of. And they did, and he'll be fine. New skin, new man, uh, new Edgar suit for evil bald Colin. He'll be back. <laughs> it gives me a chance, though, to talk to a guy that knows him very well. He is from Rothman and Ice, the critically acclaimed Rothman and Ice. Matty Ice here to talk some round ball with us. Good to see you, buddy. Timmy, it is great to see you, man. I'm, I was so excited when you invited me to come on to this thing because you and I love basketball. Mm. We both we love both leagues, but specifically on this one, college basketball, we're getting down to it, man. February is winding down, mm. and the madness is about to begin. So thanks for having me. Here we go. March Madness. It is. We're recording this podcast on February 24th. I don't even care. I do care that Ohio State is not going to be a part of it, but it's still, it doesn't lose much luster for me because the event sells itself. The month sells itself. There's going to be so many upsets. We got action right here in Columbus, Ohio. Hey, credentials approved. There we go. Credentials all over the place, (laughs) baby. You and I will be in the building. Look, it's going to be amazing. There's, look. March Madness is such a fun event. And now, Timmy, when you add to that, that we can all bet on these games here in the great state of Ohio, that's added the intrigue. That's added to the intrigue for me. I we I love the tournament, obviously, but now we can throw a little coin on that thing. Let's I t- get it going, man. I tell you what, man. Have you been doing much on college basketball this I ha- year? I've done a couple parlays and struck out twice okay. on them, but I haven't really dipped my toes into college basketball because, as you know, College basketball is so unpredictable. It can be very unpredictable, yeah, right? You just yeah. look at Virginia the other day getting upset offensively. They were completely in the mud. I think a season low in points for Virginia. Like, those games just pop up. So, for me, like, I don't know if I'm really comfortable yet going all the way with my parlays on college basketball all the time. How about you? You speak about Virginia, and by the way, I just think that's such typical Cavaliers where, you know, they get jobbed by Boston College. Yeah. I mean, that they didn't get jobbed. They just got beat up. Yeah, they had they scored 48 points. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no matter who they get, no matter if they've got a Kyle guy or really some better offensive players, they can still have one of those games where they struggle to put the ball in the basket. But they're so sound defensively. Usually they're in any game. I know they... They, they've been amazing this year. They've been a typical Tony Bennett UVA team. And we haven't ta- talked much about them on this podcast throughout the year. So it's interesting that you bring them up. They just seem to be one of those teams that just turned the corner in the ACC, started beating up on Duke and Carolina and winning regular season and tournament championships there. Yeah. They had the, the embarrassing one versus 16 loss, the first one ever to UMBC. But I think most fan bases who haven't had a national title in forever would take that deal. They'd be Sign the first one to lose and then win the title the yeah. next year. Man, could you just, could you even contemplate Ohio State winning a men's basketball national championship right now? Not right now, Tim. I don't know what that would be like. Not right now because, I mean, it's been very rough this year. Very rough. Like, going into the season, when you look at a 
lot of the new faces that came into the program, whether they were freshmen or whether they were veteran guys transferring in, I figured it would take some time to figure it out, right? You had mm-hmm. Maui, you'd have that time with down in Maui to figure it out, and you had some non-conference games to figure it out. And now we're at the latter portion of the season with just a couple games to go here, and it's completely crumbled right in front of our faces, Tim. And I got to be honest, I didn't see this coming at the beginning of the year. I didn't know if they'd be the best team in the Big Ten. I figured they could be a top five to seven team in the conference Me too. this year, which is all the new pieces and the young guys you were going to be re- relying on a lot. But now here we are, and it's just, man, you, you go over to ESPN and you pull up that schedule, Tim, and it's just red L's for days, red mm. L's for days right now. Yeah, it's it's nine in a row. We will break down Ohio State and their loss to Penn State. I didn't mean to avoid the question about the, the gambling on college basketball per se. You said UVA, and I went to Whoville for a minute, but yeah. Uh, on that subject, you know, the teams that I know really well, I've I've found it to be I'm on a bit of a hot streak lately. Okay, good. I'm I picking like these teams. And even when I don't say like say the Kansas Jayhawks, I know that squad. Yeah. I watch them every single game. So I feel I have a good read of when maybe a letdown performance is coming or when they're about to rev up and get primed for a big game. There's things with the Big 12 that you can kind of look at with those Saturday-Monday swings and how that's tougher for teams to go with just one day's rest and then into a big Monday matchup because they they do that with that conference a lot. But, you know, say I'll just tell Triple H, Hayden, who's here at the station, he was asking about him. He's always asking about him if we're working the same day. And I actually... I didn't want to go with that TCU-KU game on Monday night. I just felt coming off the Baylor win, and then sure enough, KU went out and won it anyway. They mm-hmm. were a road dog at TCU, but TCU's a really good a really good team. They've yeah. proven themselves. But what I did say is I looked at what the over-under was for that game, and it was somewhere at like 152 and a half, mm-hmm. and I told everyone I knew just under, 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 all day long, coming off of the Saturday game, emotional win, they were 17 down and then wound up it's winning really, by 17 or 18. It's impressive. Yeah, and there was a bunch of points scored there. TCU had just scored 100. Yeah. It's like, no, no way. <laughs> and there wound up being maybe 121 points scored in the game. It was way, way under. So I feel like I've gotten a pretty good grip on the games that I like, you know? It's yeah. a big world for college basketball, Huge. though. You can't try and go and attack every game. <laughs> Don't enter a situation you know nothing about. Yeah, that's fair. That's what I always say. No, if you really know the advice. team, if you know some facts about them, then, then start to mess mm-hmm. around a little bit. Yeah, but if you don't, they're out of sight, out of mind for you or have been all year. Leave that's really good advice. Just to stay away. Stay away. But that Kansas team is is legit. I'm sure we'll get to some of that later on. But that win last Saturday, Tim, as, as you were highlighting against Baylor, it showed me a lot. Because you can be a really good team and dominate a lot of teams and get through the regular season pretty cleanly the way Kansas has. But when you go toe-to-toe with someone else and you're down big in a game like that, and you don't lay down and you find a way to win, that's some good stuff right there from Kansas at this portion of the calendar. To get a win like that, I think, can go a long way. Indeed, man. You know I love some Jayhawks. I love their starting five. Only concern is the depth there. But, hey, we're going to have a lot of fun on this podcast with Matty Ice. We'll get you all caught up with the week that was, including the biggest story that's out there. Also want to talk about the big man in today's college basketball. We'll hit your Buckeye breakdown, as we said. And what does Matty Ice look for in a good college basketball road trip? We, of course, have the meter coming up at the end of the pod. It's all ahead. Settle in. Enjoy the hoops talk. This is Matt About Hoops. Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. 
Inbounds, Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner, across the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He, he it! He hit it just inside of half court! Lane's on the other wing. He finds oh! 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 Sent it in, Jerome! Yeah, we are making our way. This is the last podcast in the month of February. I cannot believe it. I'm Timmy Hall. This is Matty Ice in for Evil Bald Colin from Rothman and Ice. And here we go. One through five in college basketball in the most recent poll. Houston, the Cougars got 48 votes. They beat out Alabama. There's there's some stories there that we'll tap into with Alabama basketball. This is insane, really. Kansas is three. UCLA, just Mick Cronin squad. Not a lot of people talking about the Bruins. Typical where no one pays any mind or attention to Pac-12 schools. And then Purdue's there at number five. Virginia six. And then I'll throw out Arizona because we mentioned the Pac-12. They're number seven in Tommy Lloyd's squad. He comes over there from being Mark Few's bench coach. And Azulis Tubelis, another, we talk Zach Eady so much, but Tubelis over there with the Wildcats, man, he has been getting the job done. But who do you, who have you watched the most? So those seven squads that I just threw out there, one through seven, who have you watched the most? For me, Timmy, honestly, it's the team that has all the controversy around them right now. Bama. It's Bama. Because before this situation happened with Brandon Miller and a couple other guys in a very unfortunate and sad situation down there at Alabama happening, I was loving everything they were cooking up, Tim. Everything they were that was coming out of the kitchen for Bama was hot and fresh and tasted amazing. Because when you looked at what I thought has been, to me, the best player in the country in Brandon Miller this year, I just loved everything about his game and still do love everything about his game. That team, how offensively potent they were, especially shooting the three, and I love their combination of being a good rebounding team this year. So that combination I really liked. Headed in to March. Now, we'll see what happens with the whole Brandon Miller situation. I know it's a very hot topic right now. And look, him being out there on the floor, to me, without dipping in my toe into legal stuff, which I really don't know about, it doesn't feel right. It just, Tim, it doesn't feel right to me. But just to answer your question. It's just wrong. Man, just if, yeah, go if, you were, if you were a coach, if you're a head coach, and you have that situation, where, like, your guys come back and you find out that they were at a shootout. Yeah, my, my gut would they be telling me. They were at a shootout. My gut would be telling me these guys don't need to be out here if I was the coach. That's where I would be at. But Nate Oates right now, look, I, it just doesn't look right to me having these that guy out there on the floor. I'm assuming you're in that same space, Tim. I am. I'm in the space where, look, man, it's, it's my team, right? If I'm the head coach. Yeah. And Chris Beard just got fired from Texas, and he should have been fired from yes, Texas I agree. for the situation that he was wrapped up in. I don't care that his fiance, I don't know if he, it's a fiance or if they're married yet. Either way, they were living together, mm-hmm. domestic violence situation. She tried to walk all of it back and tried to take blame for it. And it just made me so more uncomfortable reading those comments. But They did not need a convicted Chris Beard to fire them. Yeah. They are in business with somebody. And optics matter with that. What you are doing, who you are keeping company with, how you behave away from work, all those things matter, right? We're not talking about the law. Like, Alabama's not going to decide whether to throw somebody in jail or not. They're looking at something that they have, which should be an Alabama way, a code of conduct. It's like you go to Ohio State football, right? And it's got a bunch of things Mm -hmm. written in there. Respect women Mm -hmm. is one of the things that is in there. So take that. I guess you can... 
mold that however you want to, right? But I just, I, I saw the comments from Jamia Harris's parents, the mm -hmm. woman who was killed. And I don't think we need to recap the whole entire story here, guys, because Brandon Miller has been in the news all week. Maybe the biggest story in sports, not just in basketball. Yeah. And he went to a situation where, you know, some Bama teammates were there and there was an argument. And he drove a car that had a murder weapon in it that was later used to kill a person. And he is just out there playing basketball again. And the the family of Harris had a comment to USA Today or Yahoo Sports had it. And they said that it's just f plain unimaginable that it's like his life is just going on. He took a brief pause and it didn't stop. And it's like, okay, slap on the wrist and go play ball. I, it does feel that way. Mm -hmm. It does feel that way. I it can't really imagine does. being no. a friend or a family. And she's connected to Alabama basketball now, which is sick because her only connection is that some players on that team helped to kill her. Yeah, it's, That's it. It's it's, it's it, gross. If you're Coach Oates right now, I think the decision you got to make is to sit him down. And you, you just have to do it. And look, it's hard to even – from a coach's side of things, he's a competitor. And unfortunately, some people are viewing this as he's putting the competition in his team in front of the situation you just laid out, which right. is a tragic and sad situation. It's horrible. But that's the feel that's out there for some people is that Coach Oates, they've gotten to this point because he may in his mind have some wiggle room to allow Miller to get out there on the floor. He's going to continue to do it. But there's guys like you and me right now that are looking at the situation and saying, what the heck are you doing? And if you're Coach Oates down there, he just got an extension, correct? I believe not too long ago. I think he signed it after this situation happened, okay. but before we knew a whole lot about so it. So if you take Brandon Miller off the floor and it affects your season, which I think it will if he doesn't play the remainder away, if we, if we get that decision, I mean, it's a top five pick. Right, yeah. correct. That absolutely is going to happen. The Alabama decision makers, they're not getting rid of you because of this. You're their guy. You've shown them what you can build. So you're good. You need to make the call to sit Brandon Miller down right now. It's just not a good look to have him out there on the floor. Now, I don't care how amazing he is, and we just saw how incredible he was the other day dropping 40-plus in the game. You have to get this guy out of the mix. That's it, just where I'm at. It just it looks horrible yeah. for everyone associated with Alabama basketball and from the AD all the way up to the president because they kind of all have collectively gotten yeah, here where yeah. they've decided it's okay. And you know what? I was talking about this with my dad this week. And you know, man, like growing up with the social media era now, sometimes – it can just be a cesspool where opinions that are so out of this world wrong are shared. But in a case like this, like when a, an entity is not, is clearly doing wrong and not doing enough to get to the bottom of a situation, it's kind of a good thing. And that the pressure, we, and we've seen this before, right? We see it in the NFL. Yep. We see it, we saw it with the Ray Rice situation where you come out and you don't swing hard enough and punish someone the mm -hmm. way they deserve to be punished. And the world will let you know about it. Quarter public will, opinion is going to crush you. They will you. keep letting yes, you know about will. it and keep letting you know about it until you have to do something in reverse course. Yeah, and I won't be surprised if eventually uh, that happens because, man, when you read some of the quotes like you laid out from the family, can't imagine the heartbreak, man. Just cannot imagine the heartbreak that they're they're going through uh, right now. No. So, yeah, Tim, I'm completely in your camp, man. Like, this is a situation where they have to correct this and go the other way. No, that, that situation sucks, yeah. and we hope to see something happen there. We'll get more to the basketball-heavy stuff here. We'll uh, do a quick pause more Mad About Hoops right around the corner. All right, Timmy Hall. 
My friend Matty Ice from Rothman and Ice in for the evil, the bald, the Colin. He will be back. <laughs> and hello to all of our friends that are listening as we're also on the fan oh. on Saturday mornings. What up, guys? Hello, fan hey. guys. Well, we're waving to you, even though hello, you can't see fan us. People. We're waving to you right now. Yeah, this is great, man. Saturdays are just so great for college basketball, too. You know, it's it's not, I've said this many times, it's not college football. I get that, but I did love it when ESPN started doing the game day for college hoops. You know, I'm a student at KU, and if they're hanging out there down by the field house, it's just yeah. a special vibe, special feeling on campus getting ready. You got to love it. I, I'm here for it, man. I love it when they're in those gyms, obviously, and you get the students behind them. It just sets up the day nicely, man. Like, it really does set the day up nicely. So I don't know if it hits the same as football game day. I don't know if anything can ever compete with that, honestly, but college basketball game day, it's good, man. It's good stuff. I want to, I want to point to a, a headline that I saw and you now we've been talking a lot about Zach Eady mm-hmm. this year and just how sensational he is. First off on, on Eady to you, is he the most unique big guy that you've ever seen at this oh, level? Man, I would have to say, yeah, he'd be in that group of guys for me. Like when you, if I can combine some NBA guys like Porzingis, freakish guy, seven foot, but he's in, he is seven four, seven five, right? Right. This is just a different type of cat that we're dealing with, and the guy that is going to soak up a lot of the headlines when we get you know done with this NBA season and college basketball season is Victor Wembanyama. So and he's another one of these guys that <laughs> yeah. is in that seven yeah. three, seven four window that his game's completely different than Edie, right? Victor's more of that. He can shoot it, take you out there a little bit. Makes no it sense. Some, it's crazy when it you makes watch no them. Sense. It's actually ridiculous. Jokic at the NBA level is going to win his third MVP. Right, right. Or, yeah. Those guys are just yeah. freaks, but this is another one, man. But he's more of that to me, Tim, just that traditional center just in a freakish body. Like, And when you get a guy like that, down on the block, there's only so much you can do. And he just dominates the boards. Offensively, he's been really good. Yeah, he's just been a one-on-one type of guy at that size. He's not clunky. No. You know? No. And the fact that the fact that he can never shoot a three, <laughs> he doesn't shoot a three, but yet he is still in a position where that doesn't take him out, right? And obviously Zach Eady is so good. They don't let that dictate whether another team wants to go small, you know? Mm-hmm. Like like we saw it with Ohio State when Penn State wanted to go small ball. It kind of took Felix Okpara out right. of the mix. Right. But Purdue didn't ever let that happen. You know, yeah. Zach Eady's playing. Yeah. He's out there. Mm-hmm. He can close out a little bit because he's so big, right? He kind of knows how to do it to still get a hand up while keeping his yeah. distance yeah. and affect the shot. And it's just the way that he's become so skilled at hitting everything Mm -hmm. inside of 12 feet. Even if someone's playing great defense on him, he just shoots it over top. And he has a soft touch and he makes everything. He does. And I think what's key to that and their ability to throw him out there is you've got a couple guys, obviously, in Brain Smith, right, that can shoot it well from three. Guys like that on the floor around a big man can provide some space for you, right? When you have guys like that, you can roll out and eat him when you have dudes on your roster that can and get buckets from behind the three-point line. So I think that's a big part of it as well is that, you know, Matt Painter's got a couple guys he can look at, whether it's in that starting rotation or guys on the bench or whoever it is that can provide space for Zach Eady. That way, hey, if that team goes small or whatever it is, we're just going to continue to do our thing and we're going to punish you down low. Do you think when they get into their first, you know, not their first-round matchup because they'll be playing a 16 seed, but whatever type of team they play in the second round, those are always interesting games, right? You get those... 
those eight, nine matchups. I'll just I'll flip in here to see just what the bracketology actually says Purdue's going to run run into. A Kentucky or a Boise State? I mean, just imagine if yeah. you're playing Oscar Sheebway in Kentucky round two. If you're not catching Big Ten refs, because you know a coach like Matt Painter, I'm sure he spends a lot of time or has in the past to get to this point discussing with Big Ten officials how he feels his guy, Zach Eady, plays. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, like your eyes are going to b- pop out of your head the first few times you officiate him because of his size. But he probably tells him, look, like, he's big, but I'm telling you, please watch this because my guy doesn't really lower his shoulder and offensive foul guys a lot. Because yeah. as we as we said, he'll just shoot over a mm-hmm. lot of guys. And he, he's not a big-time fouler. Just keep it in mind. But size matters right in a lot of different ways if you get another officiating crew could he get tapped for two fouls in the first five minutes of a game it absolutely could happen what does that do to the the boilermakers chances going forward when they are so freshman laden outside of him on the other side of that too tim because i think that's a good point man is like when you are zach Eady, some of those calls don't go your way on the offensive end because of your size. Like we see this happen a lot yeah. in the, like LeBron and these big guys, Giannis, these guys in the league, like refs look at them as like, you should be running through guys and jumping over guys and dunking on guys. And for Zach Eady, he probably has to work through so much contact because of his size that he doesn't get the call. So I think both sides of that are interesting. Your side of it. And you've seen it too, with big men like this, like, man, like they get elbows in the ribs sometimes and the refs aren't calling those things or maybe a little slap on the wrist here and there. Cause they can power through certain situations. And I think refs just a human element kicks in. Well, that's a bigger guy. He should be able to work through some of that contact. It's really incredible. Just I'm thinking of the great big guys that we've seen recently in college basketball, because you mentioned some of those NBA dudes and some of them bypassed college hoops. And they're just, I don't even know what you say about them. Like you mentioned Wembenyana and I'm like, I don't know how these guys exist in a, in a zinger, like the way that these guys are seven foot two or whatever and can dribble and can shoot as I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't like know what you do with them. But. KD, like Kevin Durant. Yeah, like, what do you do 10, with these guys, right? 6, 10, it's 6, it's sick what these guys could do with The Rock. It, it's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. So you understand why they're doing what they're doing on the stage that they're doing on, yeah. doing it on. And it's fun to watch. But you think of just Purdue. I mean, Biggie Swanigan might have been the best. May he rest in peace. Like that, he might have been the best because of how he dominated the glass. Mm-hmm. And his story about how he was a really, really overweight kid. And his background had to work and work and work to get to where he was. Great story. Maybe the best of all of them. I'm thinking Isaac Haas, who looked like Drago, right? Matt Harms with the hair, who transferred out. Mm -hmm. Big lanky 7'2 guy. Oh, A.J. Hammonds. Remember him? Like, before all those dudes? It's just an ongoing cycle. And then the rest of the Big Ten, outside of us here at Ohio State, we had Caleb Wesson, but we really have been struggling to get back to – anything even reminiscent of someone in that Greg Oden level, Mm -hmm. but you've seen Kofi at Illinois, Luca Garza at Iowa, Hunter Dickinson at Michigan. Mm -hmm. It's almost like I use this reference with Gonzaga, how the West coast conference had to catch up to them. It's either adapt or die. And so you've seen St. Mary's become a great program. You've seen some other programs out there start to rise up. Big 10 hoops had to kind of elevate their big man. Purdue had all these great big guys and then, they all start showing up around him. Maybe it was more of a collective thing than I'm giving it credit for because basketball is basketball. But, man, there have been some good ones around here. Especially coming out of Purdue. I mean, that list of Purdue guys that you rolled on right there, it's incredible how Matt Painter continues to find guys like that, right? Cut, Kind of cut from the same cloth. Like, obviously, he has a type of big man that he wants. But to yeah. me, they've kind of set the tone of, 
uh, you know, or at least a little bit around the conference as far as big men dominance here recently because, man, you just talk about some of those guys, man. You, we all remember those guys being very, very impactful players, and here we are again with Zach Eady, and he's a 20-10 and 10 guy, man. It's just crazy what they got going on over there. All right, boy, oh, boy. We're going to have another quick pause and hit on these Ohio State Buckeyes and what they are going to try to do down uh, the stretch. Two more home games, one coming up on Sunday against Illinois, and then a road game at Michigan State before they go to the Big Ten tournament. We'll talk Bucks coming up here. It's Mad About Hoops. All right, I was worried about the second half. When we go back to Thursday night, Ohio State drops one to Penn State 75 to 71. I think, you know, this this is true. The Buckeyes played a much better brand of basketball than they've played maybe in this entire nine-game losing streak. They did that. Penn State is a good, won't call them a great team yet because they got 11 losses and I got to see what they do down the stretch to try to get in. Mm -hmm. But we know Penn State's better than Ohio State. And that was the problem right there is when you looked at the Nittany Lions schedule remaining, they'll have their opportunities, but they'll have tougher games too. Yeah. And when you're in a tournament race, Maddie, you're just not ready to succumb to a team that's having the issues that Ohio State is. And they did what I thought they would. They had a veteran team. And they just made three or four or five more plays in those final five minutes than Ohio State was able to make. I think you laid it out well, man. One of the big moments last night in the the game for me um, was, you know, Pickett just what he dropped, eight or nine straight late in the game. And then Ohio State had that window of time to where they couldn't get a shot shot to to fall. I think it was five or six shots in a row, whatever it was. was. They couldn't knock them down. And, Tim, we've seen that happen a few times this year, and I think it's really hurt them. And a lot, the one example I always think about is right before half, remember at Indiana, where they just ran away with that thing going into the locker room. That was the vibe that I've got. These droughts offensively that they've gone on combined with the other team going on runs has really hurt this team because we've seen it. It's been a struggle offensively for a while now. The two of their best offensive games have been the Iowa games, but we know that Iowa was one of the worst defensive teams in the conference you had a pretty good one last night the other day against Penn State but the offense has struggled and man when your defense can't get a stop on the other end when your offense is struggling that's been a rough combination and I think this team outside of some other problems uh, that to me has been one thing that's jumped out to me is these runs that other teams have gone on that have really hurt them those are great points Matty Ice is with us guys and he's from Rothman and Ice on the fan from noon to three every single day Monday through Friday He loves basketball, just like all you guys do. And, you know, I think the other thing for me with Ohio State this year, especially when you look at the Penn State game, they lost this one by four, if I didn't say that already, 75-71. It was a close game the whole way. Buckeyes actually led for seven or eight game minutes of this one, which is something. It's something to build on in a a lost season. That's also sad, but that's where we are. That's where we are. But that's the sad part about this season. We're 11 and 17, guys. Like, yeah, (laughs) what are we going to The fact that we're looking at a game and saying, (laughs) well, they kept it close this time, (laughs) but that's where we are because the three games leading up to this one, they got handled. Trust me, if, if you're just tuning in to us and you don't know my whole demeanor about this, there's only so much a man can take, right? <laughs> so I'm not just going to get here and scream and yell right. every single podcast because we've been living through this mm-hmm. for 14 out of the last 15 games. It's over. It's already been over. There's no Georgetown miracle coming in the Big Ten tournament. So we're just we're dissecting it. We're talking about it. And 
Bruce Thornton and Bryce Sensabaugh almost felt it was kind of shocking to see them hang in so long against a veteran team like that because mm-hmm. Pickett got the foul trouble and to be relying that heavily on your freshman to be really the bulkhead of your scoring. There's nothing else, man, with Zed gone. And even when Zed was in, they're missing, they're missing a guy that they can pick and pop with that can shoot the three. You I'm know? so glad you brought this up because they don't have the options with that. You know, I talked about this the other day on our show. And there's been, you look at a guy like EJ, he could space the floor for you a li- oh, for a little bit, right? Yeah. More than a little bit. Yeah. But the big man here recently, you haven't had what you just talked about to where you can really pull your five out of there, your four, whatever you're running, and make that defense stretch out a little bit. Like you think about Zed and, and Kyle and some of the guys here recently have thrown up a three every once in a while, but it's never been a consistent thing. And I said it on the show the other day, it'd be great for this program to have a big with that skill set. Not a thing that you need all the time. You don't need a big throwing up five, six threes a game. But a dude that can go out there in the defense is, uh-oh, yeah, we got to get out there and guard that guy. That's a thing we got to respect. You have these back-to-the-basket bigs. They're fine. They, they can get you a long way. But I think with where the game is now, you want a dude on your roster that you can throw a lineup out there and you can have a four or five man go out there and knock down a couple threes. And that is you're making you're creating options, yeah. right? That's what that's what basketball is, yep. right? It's a chess match. It's just like football mm-hmm. where you dissect a defense, you see what the scheme is, and you try to find multiple ways to score. Like I was talking with Jake Diebler in the post game last night, and I mean it, it's it is wild. Like I would I would love being a basketball coach, right? Like that in an alternate life because you're just pouring over scouting and numbers and percentages, and a lot goes into it. Like even as as simplistic as whether we go under a screen or go over a screen consciously, mm-hmm. right? And they did mess that up a couple of times, and a couple of times that happened to guys that they were trying to go under the screen on because the scouting told them it was better to do that and force that three up because the percentages weren't what they liked for a team that heavily shoots it. And like Cam Winter, he he wound up making a lot. Yeah. Seth Lundy, though, you don't want to do that to it. You don't want to do. You don't want to go under on Seth Lundy yeah. because that guy wants an inch. Yeah. He wants an inch, yeah. and he's, he's like, let it fly. He like Sean McNeil has that rhythm bounce we talk about, where you mm-hmm. can almost take a dribble and almost get into your hop, step, and shoot. And it just, some shooters roll with that. And Seth Lundy's got that. But it makes me, it's more painful to think about what you said about EJ and how they could do some of those actions with Mm -hmm. him. And he was like this unicorn. He just didn't quite have that size to get to where we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But for a 6'7 guy, man, did he check a lot of boxes. He did. And they could run some of that stuff. And he would knock down threes all day. Then he would go to the mid-range. Then he could play with his back to the basket. And if he ever had one-on-one, I mean, you knew six, seven times out of ten, the ball was going in the basket. And that's so important. When you have a guy, let's use Justice as an example, who's more of a driver type of guy, get to the rack a little bit, get in the mid-range, maybe throw up a a midi every once in a while. He's the body type that would be nice. Those guys need the space, right? Those guys need space to get into their lanes, especially Justice. We know he likes to go to his left hand and those type of things. So, look, I know it's easier said than done when we're talking about roster construction and going and finding these guys that can do it because everybody wants, just like in the NBA, everybody wants a 3 and D guy, right? Those are the most coveted guys in the NBA outside of your superstars. And now, just around college basketball, there's so much value to be had I think for your team and more importantly your offense when you do have that big that has that skill set yeah and it's just when I look at this team 
Did you ever did you ever think about Michi Johnson leaving to go to South Carolina? I actually watched a Michi game and, a well, couple the Bama, weeks ago. The Bama game was on here, and we watched that yeah. for, for the for all those reasons. And he's only shooting at thirty six percent, but he's playing big time minutes. He's a third year guy now, yeah. so everyone just talks so much about how young he was. And you're really just looking for old, I think. Old and old that's got to want to be here, right, and buy in. And I don't know if there were more of those issues with Michi, but a Cleveland guy, he's just sort of, I watch him and he plays with great energy. Fire. He's really worked on his game. He's got to become a better shooter because 36% is kind of tough to handle, but he's given you 13 points per game and three boards and three assists. And I'm looking at our backcourt and you're saying, man, you just, you're not getting what you wanted out of Tanner Holden. And that's tough. That really is tough. Which for me has been a huge question mark this year. And like, I don't know what's gone into this and, and why he hasn't received uh, more minutes because when you look at his resume coming out of Wright State. 20 game guy in his He third had year that there. reputation, right, to where he could help you out offensively. And I just didn't know why, especially in the midst of this struggle that this basketball team has been on, why you wouldn't want to mess around with that a little bit more. We saw Coach Holtman tweet, uh, tweak the starting lineups and, you know, guys going in and out of the starting lineup here recently. I just thought Tanner Holden at, at some point in time, I was like, why not? Why, why not see if this guy for a week can play 30 minutes and see what you get out of it. I just don't know why they haven't gone down that road a little bit more. And something has to be not, I mean, right. It has to logically be a, <laughs> defensively. He just me. He must be so disconnected or he doesn't give them a certain element of what they want him to do as a guard offensively because he's hit some three-point shots. His percentages have been there. I know. But, man, how could a 20-a-game guy at the mid-major level not even see the floor it's, for a bad team here? I have to. I know. It's so alarming. I have to trust the coaches on it. That's you know what other, I mean? That's the other it's part. It's so alarming. I almost have to trust them. What you said, though, that when you're a bad team, there's no excuse for me, at least, why you aren't trying to just figure a whole bunch of things out. And maybe Coach did with the ejection, with putting you know Bryce on the yeah. bed and taking him out of the start. Maybe the, time. Those were the cards he was playing. But when you look at that guy coming into the season, Tim, I was like, okay, he's a guy that can be maybe in that six-man role, if you will. Come off the bench, get you some spark, close the gap. You know, don't allow a team to close the gap on you when you have a lead. It just hasn't been the case this year. And look, if he's a bad defender, I mean, I don't know if I love that as the reason why he hasn't played much this year. Because We I think got some of those. Yeah, right, there's right, guys yeah. that are out there that haven't been great defenders this year. So, yeah, it's a it's a huge head-scratcher for me, Timmy. All right, one more little segment with my friend Matty Ice, and we thank you so much for, for hanging out on the, the podcast today. This has been awesome. Do you like road trips? I do love, I do love road trips. I think I heard man. that about you. Big I road trip it, guy. Man. Who the hell isn't a road trip guy? Those two words together are just two of the greatest time. words that exist. Always a good time. Right? I love getting out of the city whenever I can, man. It's a good time. We always take a look at some Mad About Hoops road trips and rate them and see what's sort of close. I'll get maybe what your uh, your maximum driving distance is. We'll take a look at some of those. That's coming up. You guys are locked into Mad About Hoops. Mad About Hoops. Rockin' and rolling, last podcast in the month of February. This is pretty amazing stuff. Let's get into that time. I'm Timmy Hall. This is Maddie Ice from Rothman and Ice hanging out on the podcast today. It's good to see you, buddy. So we always kind of take a look. If uh, Evil's not here to give us our mid-major flavor, we go right into the Mad About Hoops road trip meter. And college basketball road trips 
are are just the best. You know, the yeah. road trips for me started me and my dad. We didn't have a whole lot of great college options growing up in Virginia in the spot we lived in. Yeah. But a cheaper thing to do and equally as fun of a thing to do, we would go to the high school state tournament every year. And it was always at least an hour or two away because we lived in northern Virginia. Yeah. And they never grooved us a Final Four up in the northern part of the state. We always joked about that. You had to go to at least at least Richmond or further south, maybe okay. down to the Norfolk area, Hampton Roads, like that, yeah, that kind of yeah. spot. Charlottesville had it at UVA once. I've, I may have told you this before, but I did get to see one the answer as a high school basketball you player. Oh, Alan I did. Iverson. Yeah, did I did you? for Bethel High School. Did you get well? That's, yes, that, the math not going to add up. That was at Charlottesville. Uh, <laughs> that was at UVA's arena. Because I was going to ask you, did you see? Did you get to see Virginia legend Mac McClung? But timeline's no. not going to yeah. Gate, <laughs> Gate City. So right? we got Mac McClung, AI, JJ Reddick, some Virginia basketball legends right there. Oh, there's there's too many to count, right? Man. I mean, yeah. Ohio is equally as rich a basketball state, but I, I think to Virginia, you had uh, Alonzo Mourning was another one there. <sighs> He's Ron, Ronald Curry was an underrated dude who was the two-sport oh. star at North Carolina. From Virginia. Yeah, from okay. Virginia. Played... I, I don't know if it was Michael. Michael Vick obviously played in the yeah. Hampton Roads area, too. I forget which high school, Is but Curry really was Moss? so good. Oh, he's West Virginia. West Virginia Is played right. at the same high school as Jason Williams. There we go. Okay. Yeah, white chocolate, yeah, Jason white Williams. Chocolate. Sacramento Kings legend. Oh, the elbow, pe- the elbow pass. Nasty. Dude's a legend. What is that? Yeah. Like when that exactly. like, did he just hit that with his elbow? <laughs> this is ridiculous. What are we doing here? But I'll, uh, I'll start you with this because yeah. people listening on the fan here on Saturday morning – this one, I I can't quite go higher than a seven on this because we have to incorporate what it would actually cost a mere mortal to go. Like if you're not getting a press pass or if someone you know isn't giving you free tickets, if you're getting them, good for you because yeah. this will be epic, an epic environment. It's a short drive, so that checks the boxes. Inside four hours, door to door. West Lafayette, Mackey Arena. Mm. I do believe the more games I see, even on TV, I kick myself for not having taken in a game there, and it looks to be one of the better environments in college basketball that doesn't get the street cred. What do you think the get-in-the-door price is? Get-in-the-door. Indiana at Purdue, 7.30 Saturday night on Fox. I'm going to say get-in-the-door price is 250 You would have to go way, way higher. All right, let me try to guess again on this. Get-in price is probably 700 455 dollars just to get in the, the cheapest ticket wow. right here on uh, espn.com uses vivid seats that's crazy but what an environment that would be yeah man to I, check out I, I just can't imagine being in there because with the way indiana has played look we know what TJD is all about 2010 guy. I think he's almost averaging what three blocks a game. I mean, you just talk about these two brands, this rivalry in that state going at it again. This is what it's all about. This is why we love it, man. I know that's a very corny saying, but this is honestly why we love college basketball because you got two of the best teams right now in the Big Ten going at it, and it's a rivalry. Two of the best players and big big men in the whole country going at it. Again, I can't wait to see this, Tim. I really can't. What's your maximum driving distance um, to do, say, like a if you're going to spend at least two nights somewhere, how far would you go in the car? What's your limit? Four and a half hours. That's it, huh? You won't go like a, an, eight, I, an eight I to ten. No, that doesn't work you're for flying. me. You're flying. That doesn't work for me. I've done the Myrtle Beach trip a few times That's in my far. life. That's I've far. That's far. Yeah. 
Panama for my senior trip in high school. That was really far. The Chicago, like those for me, Tim, when I get past four hours, I got to get on a bird. I have to. I just have to. Chicago, really? That's fine. Six hours. Five and a half? Uh, Okay. How fast are you driving? On the interstate, fast. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Chicago. I don't like these guys that speed through your neighborhoods, but when you're out yeah. there when the speed limit is 70 and you want the left lane and that's open, I say, do you. Okay. As, outside of doing, you know, reckless, yeah. but if you're going 10 to 15 over, over fine. Up a little bit. Okay. Fine. Yeah. yeah, four and a half hours, Timmy. That's where I'm at, man. If it's beyond that, I'll see you at the airport. So I can't get you to, like, go to Philly with me in the car. Like, I'd be, I've never seen a game at... You know, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the gym that Villanova plays because I'm more interested in those on-campus gyms. Yeah. And uh, they play at Wells Fargo, and they share the arena with the Sixers when they mm-hmm. have bigger matchups. And Villanova plays Saturday coming up here at uh, noon, and they have Creighton. And Villanova's not having a great season, but Creighton is really good. Yeah. And I would imagine that the Wildcats are going to play tough there for their first-year head coach. You know what gym I would really want to get into this weekend? would be St. Mary's Gonzaga round two. Oh, my gosh. St. Mary's Gonzaga yeah. round two would be a, a good time because I always tell Evil Ball Con, we talk a lot. Air trip, he, let's go. He knows Let's me. head to John Glenn. There's something about that conference that I really enjoy watching because I love the gyms. The atmospheres are intimate. They're not really big gyms, a ton of them in the WCC over there. But St. Mary's Gonzaga round two, sign me up for that because Aiden Mahaney, that freshman, one of the best freshmen in the country, Tim, as you know, right? Bryce Sensabaugh, the guy we're watching, one of the best freshmen. But Aiden Mahaney, man, that dude's averaging, I think, about 15 a game, shoots it well from three. Last time these two teams got together, he had a very quiet first half, and in the second half, he brought it home. Down mm-hmm. the stretch, that dude was really, really special. So if I can't get in the building for IU-Purdue, I would definitely want to get in the building for St. Mary's Gonzaga round two. I would say one, one that's in my driving distance. And because I, you know, spent some time in the area and I would have friends that I could see any, anything that would take me back to Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. Yeah. It's not that bad of a drive, quite honestly, because we'll usually do the drive all the way to the outer banks and the outer banks is a good three and a half to four from that area. You like so, that show, Tim? Sorry to get a sidetrack. You like Outer Banks, the show on Netflix? You know what? I watched the first season so of that. Did I, and I haven't and watched it since. And it just drifted away. Okay, the only reason why I'm bringing this up, I think the season has just dropped in the last couple of days, or it just a came second back. Season? season three. Oh, they're on I think three. you and I are two behind now. Well, you know, I'm lo- I'm looking. Okay, I'm yeah. on the market. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna tap back in because I enjoyed season one. I just don't know why I didn't watch season two because I like season. You're like one. looking for his dad, right? He's looking for his dad. Like a dad disappeared out in the ocean. And wasn't there something under the ocean that they found that some people wanted? <laughs> or maybe shipwreck or yeah, something? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, like I'm thinking of, yeah, maybe I'm thinking of another show, but it was good season one. That's, got- what, that's what I do when I visit Outer Banks. I look for buried treasure. <laughs> I mean, you're only a step away. Right. <laughs> Get the metal detector out there, hunt the sand. Yeah. But anyway, North Carolina is hosting Virginia Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Anything that can get you to the Dean Smith Center. Weird year for the Tar Heels. Obviously, they're coming up on some of their last chances. UVA just taking the loss on the road to BC, so that could be a pretty special game. And you know what? I've been heavy on these MAC schools in Ohio. Good schools at the top of the MAC here with Kent State, Toledo, and Akron. Yes, sir. But none of the games today hit. I'm actually thinking about going to one of these just to see a gym, and I really want to see Kent State. Kent State is on the road at Bowling Green at 5 o'clock. Okay. And tickets as low as $6, right? (laughs) And the Stroh Center is cool. It's got a glass side to it, and it seats about 5,000, so nice, small, intimate environment. And you get to see one of the best teams in Ohio tonight. 
Toledo is playing Buffalo at home at two. Buffalo is not very good, but again, the Rockets, you'd be going for them. And Akron is going to host a really bad Western team at seven. They're only seven and 21. But again, I, I look at this all feeding in to the big party at the Cavs arena. Mm-hmm. And I've never taken one of those Mac tournaments in either. And I hear those can get kind of fun. Yeah. I've heard that as well. Yeah. we got to we got a couple boxes. We got to check. That's one of them. Cause that's, it's in our backyard. That's in our backyard. A couple hours on the road, get up North, make it a whole, make a whole day out of it. It'd be a great time. Well, dude, I was really excited to spend uh, the last couple of days of February talking some basketball with you. By the time you see me next, I'm, I'm going to be more like a cartoon, not a real person. Yes. Matty Ice from Rothman and Ice. Thank you so much, man. We'll see you around the station, buddy. Yes, sir. Yeah. You guys can check him out weekdays from 12 to three and just letting you know if you're listening to us on the fan the only place you can get the full unedited podcast is simply by going to the podcast wherever you get your audio it's all there and it's commercial free it's fantastic so go check it out and we will see you guys next time on mad about hoops